Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. I'm Harvey Asher, sexaholic. Hi, everyone. Hey, Harvey. You know, I, I was looking at the screen, and um, we have 13 countries represented, at least. At least 13 countries. And my sponsor decades ago said, what are we looking for? (laughs) We're looking to see how to make fertilizer out of manure. How do we make fertilizer out of COVID? If it weren't for COVID, this would never be happening. Never be happening. And the implications of what's happening is so spiritual because people think essay is what their own small Groups say it is. An essay is so much bigger than what an individual group or places where the traditions have a little difficulty and you end up with group leaders (laughs) rather than trusted servants. And now people are able to see the big picture of the spirituality that's cosmic, that's so much bigger than our own small areas we might be going to meetings in. You know, I picked the 11th step and the prayer of St. Francis I'll give you the reason why. I have no idea. (laughs) I was asked and it came to me. And it's interesting because there are many people, not quite a few people, who have a few days sobriety. And so the 11th step right now might not mean as much to you, but it's okay because in about two hours, In my workshop later today (laughs) on Zoom, I will be doing the first step from a back door, not the typical way we do step work. And I'm going to do the same thing here. Why? Because that's my personality. I've had to learn to embrace me. And what's my personality? I like to do things differently. Drives my wife up a wall. I cannot go home the same way we go somewhere. I always have to find a different way to come back from where we've been. 
That's part of an aspect of my personality. So what I'm going to do today is in the 11th step prayer is not do it the way you think it's written quite often. I want to do it in a way that's based on a little known commentary in a vision for you. It's just a small little sentence stuck in this whole big chapter. And what's that small little sentence on page 153? Love thy neighbor as thyself. Believe it or not, that's in there. Uh, A lot of people think it comes from one book. It actually comes from another book. These books just (laughs) tend spirituality to run into each other because truth are truths. They transcend any particular religion. They're truths. And the truth is, if I don't apply this prayer of St. Francis, and by the way, I was against the prayer when I first came in, because I thought it was a religious prayer and not part of my religion. (laughs) And my sponsor said, Harvey, stop calling it St. Francis prayer. Just call it Francis prayer. Oh, they love that prayer. Now I have no problem calling it St. Francis Prayer. And by the way, it probably wasn't written till about 1912. They can find it nowhere in Francis's, St. Francis' writing. And this is, as we go on, we see so many things we take for granted. When you look them up, they're not quite what we're told. But their essence is the same. So whether it was written in the 1200s or 100 years ago, it's its essence, not its historical significance. It's essence. And what is the essence for me first before I could apply this to the world at large? It's that I need to apply it to the concept of how can I love you if I cannot love me? How can I expect to do that? Love thy neighbor as thyself. So this prayer for me has to become very personal first. Now, this is a tough one. Because people in this program are just covered, covered up, almost buried in shame. Just so contaminated with shame. And so this 11th step is very difficult until you really deal with your previous steps 
to realize you have a disease and not a badness. That my disease caused crazy bad behavior, but I'm not bad. Another way of saying it is I did shitty things, but I'm not shit. How can I be crap if I'm made in God's image? So how do I get to love you is first I have to love me. As I love me more and more, then I'm not doing my step work and my program, my sobriety, because of what Roy calls a negative sobriety. Don't do this. Don't do that. Be careful of this. Be careful of that. You start doing it because you love how it feels by not doing it. You love yourself and say, hey, I'm more important <laughs> than my behavior. My innards can reach serenity even without our false message that we need to act out to get to feel good. So let's take the prayer bit by bit, see how far we get. You know, it starts with the word Lord. How many people read this prayer and say, what the heck do I even mean by Lord? What's the first word? Lord. Let me tell you a f- funny little thing. And I suggest you, you historically look this up. Lord is just a translation for a very ancient name of Yahweh. And it was said in a different word because it's such a holy word, you're not supposed to say it. And it's the type of name in ancient history that represents the merciful God, the God of love. But from translating it from ancient Hebrew to Greek, to Roman, to English, I mean, to Latin, to English, we get this word Lord. (laughs) And man, does Lord take on a different aspect than the God of 12-step program. How can Harvey say the God of 12-step program? It says it in our tradition. A loving God manifested through our group conscience. It tells us in the tradition. A loving God. However you understand them. And I wish you all luck if you ever understand them. Then you could start your own religion. That you understand God. A little human brain with a teacup of an ability to comprehend, can comprehend something so big 
That's out of time and space. I wish you luck and then help me with it. Okay? So that first word itself needs a lot of contemplation, no matter what religion you're in. Because in our program, it's the God of our understanding. And I often say this to people. If you think this is anti-religion, then whatever religion you're in and whatever name you give God, ask people who believe the same way you do what they mean by God using the name of the God that represents your religion. And you will see so many different (laughs) understandings of the same God you believe in. (laughs) Because when push comes to shove, it always comes down to as we understand them. I don't use that term very often. I use the term God, who I do not understand. The God of my not understanding. And I had to come about that through a negation of of realizing that I did not have a God of my understanding or not understanding. I had the God of my mother's understanding which turned out to be a little distorted at times, as I'm being judgmental now. So it says, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace. What the hell is peace? God, we use words that are totally meaningless. We just use them. What does peace mean? What is serenity? What is happiness? (laughs) Someone said happiness is the absence of unhappiness. It's not very complicated. If you're not in a pity party from the time you wake up, and your ingratitude from the moment you open your eyes till you go to bed at night, you're not going to be unhappy. <laughs> and what you're going to experience, even if you don't realize it, is happiness, the absence of unhappiness. So for me, and let me say this over and over, for me, this is not essay speaking. I am not talking for essay. I'm giving you my opinion. No one person can talk for essay. It's a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength, and hope. That's it. So what is peace? It's the absence of my ego. (laughs) If I'm preoccupied with my 
crazy thinking with my ego. How can they do that to me? Why is this happening to me? They don't understand me. When my ego is in the forefront, how the heck am I going to experience the peace that's already there? Sandy Beach, you know, may he rest in peace. He died just not too long ago in the most wonderful way. He was at an AA meeting and he put his head down on the table and he was gone. And so he says this beautiful thing that I keep repeating on all my talks. The program is not about learning new things. The program is about unlearning old things. And later today, I'll be talking about in the first step, letting go of old ideas. So to have peace, I can't do that without the steps. Why? Because the steps as a process is deflating my ego bit by bit, bit by bit. If you go down those first nine steps from the first through the ninth, you will see it's all about humility and getting our ego right-sized. Now, how can I get my ego right-sized? Can't. The minute I try getting my ego right-sized, I'm using my ego. So we get this wonderful step that proves it to us. The sixth and seventh step where we humbly ask to have these removed, this I can't remove them myself. This if I do, I'm back in ego trying to control me. This is a journey process that you repeat every day in your 10th and 11th step with this wonderful result of spiritual awakenings that start in step one when you're able to say, I am powerless. What an awakening. I am powerless. I cannot do this alone. I need you. I am powerless. Wow. It says, Make me a channel. What is a channel? We have people using many different languages here. And over the years, I have found it's not an easy word for many people to translate in their own language. So what I try to do is, instead of using the word channel, to use the word pipe. (laughs) 
an empty pipe. Like what, not what you smoke, but what water goes through. Just an empty vessel that has an open top and an open bottom. A channel. A channel to go from one body of water to another body. They call it canals. What does a channel imply? Emptiness. How can I be a channel of peace if I'm so full of ego that I can't remove myself? The spiritual journey of the steps. Now, what happens for the word peace? Uh, St. Francis tells us in the next many lines what peace is. But as I started, I said we were going to do this about the individual. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Page 153 in the AA book, and of all chapters, a vision for you. Wow. So it says that I may bring love that where there is wrong. How can I love me? The crap I did the embarrassments I caused my wife and my children, kept giving my wife venereal diseases. How can I love me to bring love that where there is wrong? And this is why before the meeting started, we were talking about numbers that my first year This was before the essay book was even written that I came in. About 100 people came through our meeting in Nashville. And there were two of us left after the 100 people. Why is it so difficult to get sobriety in this program? Because we hate ourselves. We're so loaded with shame. And how is a guarantee not to get this program, to not do the first step, only step absolutely that you you need to take? And what is that step? It's a disease step. It's not a morality step. It doesn't mention God in it. It's preceded by the doctor's opinion, telling us we have a physical allergy accompanied by a mental obsession, and over and over the pre-programming from our parents, from our religion, from our society, 
from our culture, from our government, is telling us just the opposite. You're not sick. You just have poor willpower. And I'm not saying any more of this. I'm going to be talking more about the first step in a couple hours. So what happens that until I can accept the disease model that I have a broken brain, that only a spiritual solution, although some people do need medication, so we can't say it's only spiritual, but the big book tells us that, that some people need other resources too. But a spiritual solution to a physical problem. And so the more I accept I'm sick getting well, the more I love myself. A lot of times I share things with my sponsees as they're talking and all of a sudden I'll remember this most horrible thing I did in quotes. And I'll remember it and got the message. I'll remember it and I'll share it with them. And after I share it, I say, did you hear any shame in my voice? Yes, I'm not having any shame. I'm not. I was in a coma. I was in a stupor. I was in a drugged up state from the second I woke up till I went to bed at night. It's like I was taking heroin every moment of the day through my lust, through the drug of lust. So we want to learn to that we're not bad getting good, we're sick getting well, which helps us to bring love to ourselves where there we have wronged ourselves to bring the spirit of forgiveness to ourselves. And my sponsor, Cherry, would say it so beautifully. He'd say, Harvey, do you think God loved you when you were doing all those crazy low-life things? And finally, I'd say, yeah, guess so. And he'd say, well, then he must be hog-ass wild about you now. If he loved you then, he must be even super loving you now. The spirit of forgiveness when there is discord. So when I'm irritable, restless, and discontented, which is the physical, mental symptoms of my disease of addiction. And again, you'll find this in the doctor's opinion, in the big book. When I could forgive myself and not live in ego, 
because my God has already forgiven me. How do I know that? How can I be so sure he's forgiven me? He brought me here. (laughs) He brought me you. How much more do I want from a God who has forgiven me? He has shown me where I have medication that I could take every day. That I don't have to make an appointment with a doctor. I don't have to make an appointment with a clergyman. I just call you up any time of day or night. I could take medication for my disease. To start forgiving ourselves which then helps me with harmony within me rather than just living in errors of pity party. Pour me, pour me, pour me another drink. Okay, y'all, we got through three sentences. (laughs) What can I tell you? I'm (laughs) long-winded. For a short amount, um, I'm looking at Bill, and uh, Bill has this wonderful gift about knowing the big book, the 12 and 12, and Bill will always talk about it's in the book. It's there. It's there. Some people have even suggested crossing out certain words and putting in the word me, (laughs) but it's there. Take your time, look at it, apply it to you, and you will experience that loving God manifested throughout group conscience. Love you all. Thank you for letting me share. Hi, Harvey. Uh, Thank you very much for your share. Long time no see. Uh, questions like this. You're speaking about self-pity, and that's like one of your primary topics for many, many years of uh, no shames and no self-pity. But as an addict, have uh, have you heard of like self-doubt, like a uh, person being plagued by self-doubt? Is that like, how does that address? Is that part of a first step? Is that part of 11th step? How do you um, address that? I wanted to say hello before Akiva. Akiva was basically a teenager when I first, (laughs) we started interacting. (laughs) I'm I'm a proof that you could get sober with a high level of testosterone. (laughs) Now, he was a kid. And now how many children do you have, Kadar? Four, yeah. I was doubting if it works, yeah. (laughs) it really does okay (laughs) and if my sponsor would say Harvey if you could do it anyone could do it if Akiva did it anyone could do it and he's a miracle in a life of my experience I I haven't seen him in a while but heard from him every now and then Um, he got a career now he, the miracles of this program. Self-doubt. 
Where the hell does self-doubt come from? It comes from the same screwed up place lust comes from. My thoughts. <laughs> thoughts aren't real. Thoughts are electric <laughs> impulses. They're dreams, but you're conscious. So just we don't take our dreams very seriously, but boy, because we're conscious when we're dreaming, we take our dreams seriously. They're just thoughts. But no, we identify with them. We jump in the water instead of watching the water go by. And what's the result of jumping in the water? We become one with the thought. But if we were one with the thought, then when that thought disappears, we should disappear. But we don't, so we cannot be our thoughts. Same thing about our body. We can't be our body, but we identify with our body. So you get a little stimulation from uh, a trigger and you automatically think, I got to act down. No, you're not your body. You're not that reaction. That's your body reacting. Not you. You are a good and worthwhile human being worthy of recovery today. And in the 11th step, when you're able to get out of that programming of only prayer and get into the meditation, you can then observe your thoughts rather than participate in them, which includes self-pity. And just the other day, as I was meditating, I was just, it occurred to me, we're so busy praying that we can't hear God talk to us. It's very much like people call me or sponsees or people I don't even know. They're so busy asking me one question after or telling me something that they can, can't hear what I'm saying. God's talking to us in, in the silence, this still small voice. Be still and know I am God. But no, we are so programmed. We are such, uh, we think this is us. It's just programming that's been done over the years and centuries that we think are the only way of seeing things. Now, it's taken me 37 years past five years to get beyond that. And I shared with someone, a sponsee of mine, uh, and he complains that he's not doing well enough. I said, you are so much further along at five years than I ever was at five years. And he had to remind me, <laughs> excuse me, what you get from sponsees. He had to remind me we didn't have people going in front of us who experienced a lot of things. And it's taken me so long to get this program. The last part came easy. I accepted that I had an allergy. But the real part of the program, the spiritual awakening, 
the, the furniture being shifted in my head. Not new furniture, just it's placed in different places. Next question. Elaine? Yeah, hi. I'm. I just remembered that. I, hi, Harvey, and hi all. Sexaholic, I am, and I was very upset. I'm. I'm very upset when I'm threatened by critic, by critics, and I think uh, the other one is not loving me, but is uh, just manipulating with with this um, critic. I feel, wow. Then I, I'm really uh, like. I can explode, you know, and that I have no idea. The delusion, what is, there is a delusion in it because there is no threaten. There is not nobody who threatened me really, you know, only, only myself, perhaps this is a shame in me and I did not discover it yet or, and someone, yeah. But, um, Uh, for me, it's like a rule that uh, nobody in, in this program should say me my character defects, you know. He can go to this sponsor and can say this to them if, if I'm, he cannot bear me, me. But then he can say, oh, sorry, but I have to protect myself. I feel, I feel not good. Okay, that it's okay. But giving me my own character defects, I explode. I can. I am. I'm open here, and I say things, you know. But when another person say this to me here, I'm. I'm not at peace anymore. I. I know that is. So I'm not perfect. I'm on my way. But can, time, can time, Elaine. But we, can you tell me what I can do? Because I'm not. Yeah. Thank you. That's it. Perhaps I make myself understand. When you learn, when you learn what to do, teach me. Okay, but all kidding aside and not kidding aside, um, I'm very fragile. I, I'm an abuse victim. I can't trust anybody. So my guard is always up. Now, what is the real word for me? Using program talk, not psychological talk. I'm insane. We're restored to sanity. I'm insane. I am paranoid. Oh, man, what joy when I am able to say, Harvey, there's your paranoia again. Someone taught this wonderful thing for me to say, even when I want to punch the person in the face. When they say it to me, I'll say, Thank you for your feedback. That's it. Thank you for your feedback. No criticism is going to change us. I give an example. If I'm jogging outside in a very hot day and I walk in through the door and my wife says, Harvey, you smell, go take a shower. I want to hit her. How dare she say I smell? But if I'm jogging 
and I smell my own smell. I can't wait to get into a shower. So the program is not for me to smell my badness. It's to smell my illness. That does smell. Okay. Now, even though it upsets me when someone else does it, the real issue is that 10th step inventory. I do the spot check inventory throughout the day because I don't do well with the evening inventory. What can I tell you? I'm tired. I fall asleep. I've tried it many different ways. And then I was able to embrace myself. I do my spot checks all through the day. And I made a terrible mistake. This The other day, my sponsee wrote, we do a contemplation, and he wrote me and he put in his political beliefs and his judgment about people who aren't of his political beliefs. And it was 11 o'clock at night, and I wrote him back crap. I got paranoid. I felt he was referring to me. I mean, my mother stabs me with a bread knife. How can I not be paranoid? I got embrace it. I'm nuts. I'm paranoid. The next morning, I was able to write him one, two, three, four, five. I did an inventory. Nothing about him and how he got it by doing being honest. And I jumped all over his honesty. But I went down for many different reasons that happened. One especially, one especially, I cannot respond to anything 11 o'clock at night. My wife used to call that rocking chair conversations. You have them late at night to one or two in the morning with your wife arguing about something and you rock like a rocking chair, it never goes anywhere. (laughs) I can't do well late at night. And many other things. But yes, I'm paranoid. I laugh about it. We live in a retirement center. We eat with people here. And I'm telling them, what can I tell you? I'm a social isolate. I can't sit here too, too long with you all. I go up to my room and my wife sits with them for another half hour. And I'm having more friends and relaxed ways by telling them I'm paranoid. <laughs> I'm isolated. I'm in recovery. <laughs> and it's a blast. Okay. <laughs> Now, I haven't looked at the numbers, but if I look at the number recently and in five minutes there are 10 less, I will say people hate me. (laughs) People don't like me. I'm boring people. 
all about me and my paranoia. <laughs> so I want to end with this. We had this very famous man at AA meetings. And there were uh, Lee in the back room at 202, that back room. Famous guy, composer, singer, the most handsome guy you could imagine. Tall. He played football, you name it. And he once said to us at the meeting, see, there are 22 people here. If 21 of you said I'm the greatest, but one of you said I was full of crap, for the rest of my life, I will replay what that one person said and not remember what the other 21 people said. That's me. But it doesn't have the power over me like it did because I am aware. So what is finding our character defects? It's not a put down. It's an awakening. When I discover on my own, especially my character defects, wow, it's another awakening. It's not a shaming, it's an awakening. You know, Bill had that special awakening. But most of us haven't had it that way. We've had this slow kind that starts and it's always there. We just don't recognize it. Thank you, Harvey. Thanks, Harvey. Sona, you're probably going to be the last person, so please go ahead. Good. Thank you. Uh, hi, Harvey. Uh, my question goes back to prayers in basic. Mm, we all agree that, that prayers are sayings by others. Uh, and in program, we say sayings by others, referring to saying of uh, others uh, is not good. Uh, but the program, why program gives sobriety uh, to these others, but not those others? Um, uh, and this discrimination and this biased view would harm any in institution in the long run, I believe. Okay, number one, Sonia, Daniel, and Jean. <laughs> are some of my most dedicated audience. <laughs> I find them where, wherever I go. Thank you, Sonia, for always being there. Um, I would like you to try to get that question in about two sentences, because I didn't understand it. So try to really get it into like two sentences. All right. Prayers are sayings by others, San Francis, others, a human being. Why a program gives superiority over this person, but not person, people from other nations, other languages? Uh, you know, when you say something okay, Sonia, uh, Sonia, it, it, let me ju just tell this 
I can't understand it. Is there someone else from Iran who might be able to say it to me? Would you please repeat what you said? Yes, I can't really understand between the microphone and your question. I'm having difficulty um, understanding. Harvey, this is Luke. Anyone help me with the question? This is Luke. I'm I'm not from Iran, obviously, but I think that Sona just said that in our literature, we have prayers like the prayer of St. Francis and some other prayers. And why don't we have, and there are prayers from saints of a certain tradition, why don't we have prayers from other cultures and other religions? Is that what you said, Sona? Yes, and when somebody replaces the uh, prayers in her or his talk, he, he or she would be chopped off in recording. In what? In? In recording. In, in recording of his talk or her talk. Yes. If he, if he or she uses another prayer. Mm-hmm. Okay. So would they get in trouble using another prayer or be looked down upon? Um, History is very important. This is based, the big book, on Christianity. I'm not a Christian. But it's based on Because the Oxford group was a Christian movement. Protestant-type movement. Now, what is God's gift is that Bill transcended it, tried to get it less religious by using terms like the God of our understanding. But there are still pieces in here that are reminiscent of this, of Christianity. Now, what is different? You will find it over the years in the back of the AA book, in the stories, because they redo those stories every 20, 30 years, and they make it more modern. They'll have stories about gay and lesbian. They'll have stories about uh, Indian people uh, from American Indians. Um, hopefully someday they'll have Hindu and Buddhist and Muslim. But it works somehow. And I have not had to become a Christian to get sobriety, yet I use this book and it works. And my sponsor told me this beautiful thing 30 years ago. The less frightened I get about someone, no, I'm not saying it wrong. The more comfortable I get about my own religion, the less frightened I get about other people's religion. So somehow, most of my readings are from um, Buddhist, Hindu, Sufis, Muslim Sufis, just beautiful spiritual stuff. But we're not here to change the book. We're here to get sober so we could read anything we want on spirituality. 
That's why Bill W., he didn't limit himself to the book. He took LSD for a while to express it to see if there are new journeys for him. He did niacin, vitamins. So we're not locked in. Um, and I'm going to tell you this. It's a personal thing. Uh, the Our Father prayer, the Lord's Prayer, is not from my religion. And I get a little upset. And you know, after 37 years, if they don't do the Our Father at the end of the meeting, I do it myself. It's become part of my life. Hasn't changed my religion. It's just part of my life. This is part of my recovery. And it's that simple. God is we understand them. Okay? I had a very devout Catholic sponsor my early years, and he would say, uh, he was really devout, but he would say, oh, I just picture God wherever he is just laughing at all the trouble people have giving him a name. That's how he handled it. God is God no matter who we're going to name, what name, because he is transcendent. And the kingdom of heaven is within us. No matter what religion we are, Hindus and Buddhists really talk about that. Jews and Kabbalah talk about it. And Jesus spoke about it when he said, the kingdom of heaven is within us. And I'm sure if we were more educated, myself, I'd know where Sufis said the same thing. There's so many of our spiritual concepts, just like our alphabet and other things. Well, not the alphabet, our Arabic numbers. Sufism really influenced so many religions, the spiritual life of Sufis. So it's all there. We just have to be open and not get frightened. We had to let go of our old ideas, not our old religions. Doesn't say let go of our old religions. Okay, this is only Harvey speaking. I'm not speaking for SA. I'm just speaking because I'm going to start crying that this program works. It works. If it could work for a man like me who must have masturbated thousands and thousands of times and promiscuous and abuse with frequency with my wife, and had sex with probably four or five hundred people. If it could work, it, don't fix it. Don't worry about it. It works. If it worked for me, my sponsor said it could work for a dog. <laughs> Thank you. Are we about over? <laughs> Daniel, do you think I'll have anything left for our next talks? <laughs> uh, step one, completely different thing. We <laughs> I hope that's a yes, miss. I'm very sensitive. Paranoid. <laughs> well, you all go to the to the next meeting because Harvey starts crying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm taking your names down. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, it's so good to laugh. The joy of living is our theme. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.